This man has just entered the gas price madness zone, pushed over the edge by skyrocketing gas prices. The remedy? Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Hey, wait a minute. Did you just say there's a free app I can get that'll actually pay me cash back on every gallon of gas I buy? Yes. Escape the gas price madness zone with the Upside app and earn real cash back on every gallon of gas you buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of the theatrics. Just tell me more about this Upside app. Okay. It's super easy. Just download the free app and use it whenever you buy gas. Upside users can earn hundreds of dollars in cash back. Wow. Thanks, announcer guy. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code MINUTE for an extra 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code MINUTE for a 25 cents per gallon or more bonus on your first tank. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to uh, send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV. And if you're looking to find the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, you need to go to www.simultv.com. My guest this hour, Exonation, is Jody Cook. He is one of the most active Bigfoot researchers in the state of Ohio. Originally, he was a member of the Cincinnati UFO Research Group, ASK, but realized that his interests were more in the field of cryptozoology. Jody has been studying the Bigfoot phenomenon since 1991 and is the author of several books. He founded the Cryptid Seekers, the Ohio Center for Bigfoot Studies, and the North American Dogman Project. He is also the founder of Cryptid Seekers magazine and is a member of the American Bigfoot Society. Jody has appeared on several television programs which discuss large primates in North America, including History Channel's Monster Quest, Sci-Fi Channel's Sightings and Encounters, and The Learning Channel's Top Ten Mysteries of the World. Destination America's Monsters and Mysteries in in America, Ohio, Grassman, Ohio. Um, and, um, we're going to be talking to Jody this hour about, amongst other things, 
the North American Dogmen Project. Their website is northamericandogmenproject.com. And Jody, welcome to the Exxon. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. First of all, Jody, uh, what got you interested in cryptozoology? Uh, well, prior to um, getting into the crypto stuff, mm-hmm. I, I was a UFO investigator. Um, here in Cincinnati, we had a group called AS, which was scientists, our uh, associates for scientific knowledge. And we had, uh, this is when public access TV was on. This was before cable and all that stuff. So we did a live TV show the first Wednesday of every month. Mm-hmm. And we would, you know, people would call in, tell their story. And then we started getting um, some cryptid stuff coming in, like the Loveland Frogman sightings, uh, Bigfoot sightings, Dogman sightings. So I decided, um, along with uh, George Clapperson, to go ahead and we'll look into the you know the cryptid stuff. And there, it was just it was amazing just the amount of stuff that was going on in, in Ohio. And I just kind of fell in love with and kind of got away from the UFO stuff and basically stayed with the cryptid stuff for the longest time. Um, and you know, and that's why I got into it. And I mean, I, I love it. I actually had a Bigfoot sighting, um, you know, myself, you know, when I was in the army, um, on a U.S. military base, there's three other guys with me and, you know, he was like 12 feet in front of us. We didn't even see him until he moved. Um, and that, that kind of got me into it too. And then, um, why well, was, uh, I was a reservist at the time, but I was a deputy sheriff and, um, I was at a seminar and I talked with some of the deputies from another state that were there and, and they were telling me about the story of the land between the lakes and uh, kind of fell into that, you know, and with all this stuff going on, it's just I found it a lot more interesting than the UFO stuff because UFO stuff is kind of boring because you're like sitting outside looking at the sky at night waiting for stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. And this this was a little bit more interesting. Tell me, what is a dog man? A dog man, eh, no one really quite knows what it is. Everybody who, who thinks of dog man or, or the phenomenon, they think of a werewolf because of the way the creature looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, typical, like a, your typical Van Helsing style werewolf. It's it's a canine species that's capable of walking on two legs. So we don't quite know uh, if it is a an off-breed of a wolf or domestic dog, um, or if it's just, you know, something totally different because they're, they're, how can I describe this? There's different descriptions of the creature. You know, the legs on some of them are different. Some of uh, legs are more like human. The feet are more like human. Then you have some that are more canine looking. You have some that are more bulky, like a Bigfoot, uh, but with a snout. And then you have some there just, you know, has a snout with the high pointed ears, you know, the canine legs, you know, variations of, of the creature differs each time, you know. So is there more than one breed of the species? Yes. We, we think there's at least four. Is it, is it possible that uh, the dogman is a love child of Sasquatch and a wolf? No, you know, I, they're, they're definitely two different, two different animals. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've heard that theory before, uh, believe it or not, um, but I, I don't think it's uh, it, it, it's it's a totally different species because you know if you look at Native American culture, you look at a lot of different cultures like in Europe, um, in early part of the uh, American culture and you know Canadian culture, 
uh, when the white man was coming over. That's when they were still getting a lot of sightings of this of this thing. So they don't know. Could it came from Europe? You know, could they brought it to Europe? Because, you know, the Chinese, believe it or not, the Chinese, they say they discovered America before the Vikings did. Yeah. And they said they brought urines with them, which were the Bigfoot. So, you know, and anything's possible. Anything's possible. How frequent are dogman sightings in Ohio? It, it, it's not just Ohio. I mean, it's it's all over. I mean, the North American Dogman Project, you know, is all, you know, it's all North America. We, we have chapters in Canada. We have chapters in Germany, the U.K., um, we have about 25 uh, chapters just here in the United States. We have a little over 350 members, and we're getting reports every every day uh, coming in. I mean, so it's just not just in Ohio, uh, but in Ohio itself, uh, it's pretty frequent. We're we're averaging about you know two a week just from Ohio. What is the common connection between the sighting of a dogman and the location of the sighting? Well, the, the thing of it is, uh, it's it's not like, you know, people think Bigfoot, is, you know, they only see him like at night. The mm-hmm. sightings when it comes to Dogman, it, it varies. The, the, the sightings amount during the day and then at night are about the same. It's about a 50-50. The same thing when it comes to the environment, when the environment changes from uh, summer to winter. It, it, it's about the same. So the environment really has nothing to do with it. Um, the season has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've been seen in, you know, domestic areas. Give an example, uh, in Akron, Ohio, there's a Metro park and in that Metro park, they've had sightings in there. They've e- even the Rangers have seen them and right across the street from the, de- uh, the Metro park is a condominium hmm. and the people in the condominium has been seeing them come over and get, you know, dig in the dumpsters and get the food out of the dumpsters. People have almost hit them crossing the road. So they know what's up there, but it hasn't bothered anyone. So they really haven't done anything, you know, about it. Are there, know, it it's a strange situation in there, some cases. Are there photographs of the dogmen that have been caught by, by people with cell phones or surveillance videos? Oh yeah, yeah. On our website, we have um, we have a few of them just on our front page. Uh, the Jedediah Redwood Forest was is probably one of the best ones that we have. And it was a guy was out in the woods, um, just taking a stroll out there. He saw two other people off to his left. And then as he was going a little bit further, he heard a scream and he came back over and he didn't see the two other people that were there, but he saw this large canine standing there. And what he ended up doing was he had a cell phone and he took the picture of it. Right. And, uh, so we, what we did was, um, one of our state reps from California is on MUFON star team Mm -hmm. and she has all of her equipment where she can, you know, look at a photograph and tell you everything about it. So she was able to get in hold of the witness, got a hold of his cell phone, took the original picture off and we have the findings on there on, on our website. So what was ever there in that picture was definitely there because was able to tell what type of uh, phone he had, you know, the distance, everything. So he definitely got something. And like I said, we have a picture of it on our website. Um, 
I've got to go for a break in about a minute from now, but uh, qu quickly, is the scientific community getting behind the private researchers like yourself? Uh, no. <laughs> Honestly, you know, uh, if they're more towards the Bigfoot stuff than right. they are towards the dog man. All right, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with our guest this hour, Exonation, Jody Cook. If you'd like to find out more about the North American Dogman Project, the website is www.northamericandogmanproject.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone, around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, Simul TV, X-Zone Broadcast Network, and iHeart Radio on the other side. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Jody Cook is our special guest. His website is NorthAmericanDogmanProject.com. Um, any idea, you know, how one would go about live catching a dogman to prove the existence and to find out under, under tight controlled uh, conditions what or who or what the, it is? The, the thing of it is, you know, the, the dog man, um, he, he's an apex predator. Okay. Um, he's not going to be very easy to catch. Um, the, the thing of it is when, when it comes to dog man, um, we know that like the U S forestry service has information on it. We know a lot of different States DNR, uh, has information on it. Um, you know, I know they're looking for them. Um, I, I, I've actually seen their people out in the field, you know, looking for them. So they know they, it exists. I mean, they're, they're monitoring our site. Like our website, we can tell who, who comes on our site. Mm -hmm. it, it tells us exactly. I mean, we've had, you know, the Department of Agriculture on our site quite a few times. And they're the, they're the ones that run U.S. Forestry Service. We've had the Ohio DNR. We had Kentucky DNR. Um, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan has been on there. Pennsylvania's DNR been on our site looking at it. Um, you know, we, we average about, um, about 25,000 hits a month, mm -hmm. you know, just on our site. And I mean, a lot of media outlets have been looking on our site. So they're, they're monitoring what we're doing and we're monitoring what they're doing. Uh, I, I, I would not suggest to go out and try and catch one to be honest with you, um, because I, I've talked to people that, that have shot this thing point blank and has done nothing. We even had uh, the DEA um, SWAT team ran into a group of these in Louisiana, and they gave us their story. And, you know, these guys were even terrified to go up, you know, against these things. You know, I, I've talked to numerous counts of police officers 
that you know have been in contact with these things. The law enforcement in America has a code name for Dogman, and they call it the Black Dog. And for Bigfoot, they call it the Black Cow. So that's their code name for these things. So if they see one, when they give the uh, information over the radio, mm-hmm. they'll say Black Dog or Black Cow. So uh, the media doesn't pick it up and catch it. But you let know, me let me ask you let me ask you something. If this is such a popular event with multiple sightings, uh, everybody apparently knowing it is there, including law enforcement, the DEA. Why why don't we hear anything about it in the media? The, the media is not going to talk about it. I why mean, not? You know, they, you know, they'll talk about Bigfoot if it's something that happens. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, there there has been just a few stories that came out. Uh, <laughs> one in Mississippi came out. There was one that was in Louisiana that that uh, came out a couple of years ago. Um, it, it's just something that they don't want to touch. It's for some reason it, it seems like it's taboo to them. Uh, I mean, we even right, you know, reached out to the media, and you know, they don't, they don't want to touch it. You know, uh, I don't know what it is, you know, with this. Um, you know, because it's it, it's it's a new cryptid. It's something that's always been here, but it's getting more and more popular um, with people. Uh, but the media just hasn't really picked up on it yet. Is it possible that the reason it's becoming more popular with people is that we're you know, it's losing its homeland because of urban development. Same, yeah, same thing with Bigfoot. You know, you know, it, it's it's a money issue you know, when when it comes to something like this. You know, it, give give an example: the land, uh, the uh, land between the lakes of Kentucky. There's some stories that came out of there. Um, give you an example on one. Um, uh, we did a documentary on um, LBL, and we had a guy come forward that was retired Kentucky fishing game. And we talked to him, verified his employment there, everything, the guy retired, gave a deathbed confession, he was dying of cancer. In 1979, he was fishing down there. He was still a member of the Kentucky fishing game. In 1979, he was fishing um, about 4.30 in the morning, about 7, 7.30 in the morning, he's, you know, decided to go back, you know, come back in. So he's going along the um, shoreline, and he gets up to one point, and he sees a tent, and he sees a pickup truck, and you know where people are camping there. And then a little bit over, he sees something mm-hmm. that he thought was a horse. He said there was a fog, and this was like in October, um, so there was a fog there, and he thought it was a horse. And then he said it, this thing stood up on two legs. And as he's getting closer, he's able to see what it looks like, and he describes it you know, um, as, you know, a, a muscular body, uh, like a dog, the arms were like a human. He said the head and the snout, uh, was like a hyena. It had high pointed ears. He said it had like a mange, like a, like a lion almost on it. And he said at the time, two people are coming out of the tent and he's yelling at the people to look over there at this thing. And they're looking at him and waving, thinking they're trying to talk to him. And he said, this thing passed them. And he said, he watched this thing killed two people. Okay, now hold yeah. on here. I'm an ex-cop. You're an ex-cop, right? Right. Would there not be a report that goes along with this somewhere? No. Why no. not? Why not? Come on. Come on. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you. Look, it's it's a money issue uh, with the park. If you have a park 
you know, a national park and there's a monster running around in the park killing people, people aren't going to come there. But what about that's the two? What about losing revenue? What about the two people who were murdered, allegedly murdered, because there's no right. proof that a murder actually took place? Correct. But what about if they were murdered? What about the members of their family? What do you say? They just drowned when they went camping? Well, you don't know. See, the thing of it is, he didn't work at LBL, but he worked for the state, you know, wildlife. Mm-hmm. And he checked. He he checked to find out if there was a, you know, if it came under, uh-huh. a, a, you know, a bear attack or if it came under, you know, whatever. And he said to people, he talked to people, nothing. No one knew anything about a death there. He said that campsite was completely cleaned up so that he knows somebody knew what was going on because the campsite was cleaned up and they sat there and put trees up in the area where the campsite was on the shoreline. They totally just made it look completely different to what it was. <clears throat> you know, and there's another story about a whole family. Well, can we, ju- can we just, can we just go back to this story for a second? Did anybody who's investigating the allegations, did anybody check the missing persons to see if anything fit in that time frame in that area with local law enforcement or state law yeah. enforcement? Oh, yeah, we, we did. And? We went back to archives and looked in the, um, you know, in the archives and newspapers. Yeah. Death certificates. We found nothing that took place in 1979 in that area in that park. Is is it possible that the witness was mistaken? Oh no, no. Why no, not? It, it, I I don't I don't believe he was mistaken because he stated he goes everybody who worked for mm-hmm. the fishing game knew what was going on in that park. They knew there was an animal in that park. So what was they, the what were the comments from Fish and Game to these allegations? Fish and Game, you know, they said, yeah, the guy worked there, but you know, they they said they had no idea anything took place. He said he didn't mm-hmm. report anything. And then when we when we asked the guy, I said, you know, I I specifically asked him, why didn't you report this? And he sat there and said, you don't do that because you you don't. He said I would have lost my job, or you know, they could have killed me off. It could have been anything. He said I had a hundred things going through my mind. You know, and he said, I did check into it. I did look and see if there's somebody, you know, if anything happened um, with a death in that park. I asked around, I talked and, you know, he said nothing, nothing came up, you know, and he said he kept this for all these years. And then when he he was dying of cancer, you know, he didn't want to go to heaven, you know, with this burden on him. So he wanted to tell someone, you know, but like you said, we we verify the guy's employment through his W-2s through, you know, uh, pay stubs, uh-huh. through his retirement information. We know he did work there. We, we, we have verification. So but he was witness we can't to verify the story. That, right. So he allegedly is a witness to a homicide and he wants to give a deathbed confession because he wants to go to heaven. Does that yeah, make sense it, to you? It doesn't make no, sense it, to me. It, it, it doesn't. But, you know, thank Things of stranger, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh-huh. But, you know, when, when it comes to it, it's like this. OK, there's another story that came out of LBL where this whole family got massacred by the creature. Mm-hmm. OK, I talked to about seven different Kentucky police officers right. who stated that they were there when that incident happened on the cleanup and that they, it, it, it happened. We, they all took me to the same location and this is this is through, you know, a, a span of from 1987 to just last year, talking to seven different people, going to that park, and every single one of them took me to the same location where it allegedly happened. But 
if they're not willing to come on camera mm -hmm. and tell their story, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. That's but right. The, part of the other problem is when you look in the field of cryptozoology, ufology, you know, the paranormal, you know, human testimony doesn't mean crap. Okay, human testimony is only good enough to put somebody in prison, you know, and, or put them to, you know, uh, on death row. You know, there, you know, there's more people sitting in prison right now because of mm -hmm. circumstantial evidence than there is, you know, actual, you know, proof. All right, stand by. Show. We've got to take our break. We'll be back on the other side of the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. The current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper is still available online with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. And for all the listings on the Exxon TV channel, visit Simultv at www.simultv.com. Exonation Jody Cook is our guest, uh, www.northamericandogmanproject.com. Jody, it concerns me that if these allegations are true, that people who are entrusted to serve and protect are lying through their teeth, and they're turning a blind eye to, to injustices just to protect their own asses. Give me, there, there, I talked to a ranger mm -hmm. up in uh, Vancouver. Uh, that works for a national park up there. And he told me, you know, they know there's, they're in the park where he's at. They know they have killed people in that park. He knows there's teams that come in and cleans the area up. He says, we have AR-15s that we keep in our, you know, um, our little cabin where, where we stay at. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we're there most of the time. It's just one of us. And he goes, we don't go out. We don't go out. You know, unless we have, a, you know, one of these weapons with us. Uh, but, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's just not here in the United States. It's in Canada, too. You know, where we're, you know, talking to people who work at these parks and say, yeah, they, they've killed people up there. They know they've had teams come in and clean, you know, clean the area up and no one ever hears about it. You know, when it comes to a dog man attack or killing, you know, it could be easily played off as a bear attack. Right. Because the tracks are somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. The scratch marks, the bite marks are probably similar. So they can easily say it was, you know, a bear attack. And that was, and, and people are going to buy it. Right. But are you they know? saying that or are they just neglecting to say anything at all? Like the five police officers who brought you to a scene or seven police officers that brought mm -hmm. you to a scene. The game warden who alleges, allegedly saw this creature kill two people and he did nothing about it. Um, it Something does not ring right with these kind of stories. It, it, it doesn't, and and that's the thing. You know, you can, you can, you can only take what they're telling you. You know, in in this field, just like any other field, you have to have facts. Okay, mm -hmm. you have to have facts on everything. Um, 
you know, when, when people tell you a story or tell you about a sighting, you know, it, you, you take the information down, you know, and that, that's the only thing you can do. You know, it, it, there's, there's no, you know, facts checking on a lot of, a lot of the stuff that you get, even though if it's from military, if it's from law enforcement, you know, or somebody's grandmother, you know, you, you just can't fact check it, you know, um, so if it can't be fact checked, why put it up anywhere and let the be let the public see it if it's not fact checked? It, it, it's not that it's that it, it, you're 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 giving out information. You're giving out a story. Okay, um, it, it's like giving you know four one one the guy um, uh, Pilates that writes the you know the four one one. You know a lot of his stuff. You know people think you know when you read the book, you know all these sightings are because of, you know, Bigfoot, UFOs, you know, um, Dogman or whatever. And, and they read into it, and, and in reality, it has nothing to do with any of those. Because all what he's he doing is taking where all these sightings are taking place, you know, and he's taking missing people and, and see are they matched in that area. You know, so you, that's what the, he's using for facts check. But in our field, we can't do that. You know, it, it's just a story that comes in. Someone gives a report, you know, and you put it out. You you it, you let the people decide if, if they think it's real or not. But if you're disseminating you know, information, the responsibility is to you as a person who is posting it to make sure that it's been authenticated to the best of your ability before you put it up. Well, some of the stuff is. We, we do that with a lot of the stuff. But mm-hmm. like I said, when someone gives a story, right, sends us a story— what we do, we go on our site, we, we put it in, you know, in our little area on our map saying this particular area, this is a sighting, and this is their story in this area. Okay? It's it's for the people to read. It's for the people to decide. You know, it's it's a whole thing. I mean, if you're getting information, mm-hmm. okay, and you're not going to release it because you can't do facts check on it. Right. I mean, what's, what's the point of doing it? Well, I mean, what's t- the point it- of doing it? The, po- it's, the it's point not, is, I mean, the point I, is, I understand what you're trying to say, but, you know, but the thing is, what, what you're trying to make it sound like is that, you know, we're misleading people or we're trying to put people off, you know, on, on something. And that's not what it is. I mean, MUFON does it. Every other, every oh, other. I agree. I, I agree. And, uh, you know, this is one of my biggest bones of contention when it comes to anything within the paranormal. Uh, you know, if it, there are so many people who think that if they, they see it on the Internet, it has to be true. No, it's it's not. You don't. I don't believe crap that's on you. You know, right. you know, Facebook or yeah. anything like that. Because the, the problem is with a lot of this stuff, it's so hard to fact check. Mm-hmm. But when you're getting information, all you're doing is taking that information. You're putting it on, you know, on a piece of paper, and you're seeing if you had if it coincides with anything else in the area. Right. If there's a pattern, and then, and that's how you do it. And okay. then you put the information out to the people, and you let the people. To be the judge and decide. You but know, all right, in, if, in the po- in think. the postings in the postings that that your organization does, um, for example, the story of the game warden, where he where he where he makes allegations that he saw this creature kill two people, or where the seven mm-hmm. police officers brought you to an alleged crime scene. Is this information put out to the public? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, we we put it in a documentary and we we talked about it, but but we were being objective about it. We're not saying. People, this is 100% fact. We're believing everything that we're told. Because we are not the only researcher mm-hmm. out there in, in, in the field of dogman that, that's dealing with this thing, you know, or dealing with people coming in and telling right. stories. There's, you know, 
with law enforcement coming to them too about a story. Mm-hmm. You know, we just you know we can't verify it. But the thing of it is, you're just putting the information out and you're letting the people be the judge. You're letting them decide. You know, if they want to sit there and believe it or not. And we sit there and we tell them, it, you know, this is not our opinion. This is just information that was given to us, and we're sharing it. All right. It, uh, it, it's up to you to decide if, if you think it's real. What do we know about the the lifestyle or the habitation or the, um, what do we know about the dogmen? The, the thing that most people who research it, what we find out, we know it's an apex predator. When we say apex predator, not just because it attacks people, mm-hmm. uh, because it attacks the animals too. Here in Ohio, um, there's an area called Germantown, and they have a legend up there they call the Germantown werewolf, which is you know this, this creature here. And prior to that, it was called the Butter Street Monster, and this was back in the 70s. Well, we talked with a lot of the uh, farmers who said, yeah, I mean, they've seen this thing, it ran off with chickens, it ran off with, you know, whatever animal that were there they had. I mean, we found cows in, you know, out in areas that they shouldn't have been in that were, you know, killed and eaten on. You know, uh, in, in one particular area, these cows, where they were, could not have got there because there's a small river that, they would have to go down a seven-foot embankment, go across four feet of water, and then go up another seven feet to get there. Totally impossible for a cow to do. So something had to get these cows and these dogs and these dares and these other animals mm-hmm. that were in these this area, that you know, this feeding area, to that area. Now we've got tracks that we've got out of there, very big tracks, beautiful tracks that we've gotten out of there. And um the police department in the area, they built the facility right there, smack dab in the middle of the woods. And they got cameras all over the place monitoring this area. And they have signs letting you know, this is a controlled area. And what have the police found out through their investigation into this this phenomenon? No, the police said, well, it's a training facility. No, it's not a training facility because if it was a training facility, it would be set up like a training facility. It's two buildings that, look out to where where it's high enough where they're able to look out you know out, out of surrounding area and they have cameras that are set up all over the area up there uh i mean it's just it i mean it's just a bunch of bull with them saying it's a training area they're there i mean there's just no way you would do a training area in this particular area you know for a department of only six people you know so you know, like I said, we've got tracks out of this area. We got pictures, you know, of very large dogs that were killed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I'm a hunter. I'm sure you're a hunter. Nope. You know, you, you okay? But I, have you ever seen a poached deer before? Where nope. someone poached a deer? Nope. Okay. Well, when when people poach a deer, it's a particular way they do it. Okay. But we're finding deers where the hides have been tore tore all the way from the back, going all the way over the head, and then you can see where it's been eating eaten on. You know, a poacher, you can tell where it's been cut and, you know, shaved and all that other stuff. These things were just, I mean, I've never seen anything the way it was done, you know, to these deers. And the dogs that were fine are the same way where the hides were ripped from the complete back of the dog completely over the head. And it's the same thing with the cows. You know, so there's something doing this 
And the police, uh, you know, the Jefferson Township Police Department, they know what's there. Otherwise, they wouldn't be up there. And these animals could not have gotten to this area. You know, I mean, it, it's hard. I, you know, I spent I, I 20 years in the Army, you know, and I'm a combat veteran. I was in Iraq. And it was hard for me to get down here and go across the river and climb up there, let alone a cow. But something was able to get them over there. All right, stand but, by. We've got to take our final break. Exonation Jody Cook is our guest this hour. Uh, the website is www.northamericandogmanproject. That's www.northamericandogmanproject.com. And uh, we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, if you'd like to uh, buy any of the great merchandise we have for sale at the Exxon store, www.thexzonestore.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Jody Cook is our special guest to this hour. And uh, Jody is one of the most active Bigfoot researchers in the state of Ohio. Originally, he was a member of the Cincinnati UFO Research Group, ASK, but realized that his interests were more in the field of cryptozoology. Jody has been studying the Bigfoot phenomenon since 1991 and is the author of several uh, books. He founded the the Cryptid Seekers, the Ohio Center for Bigfoot Studies, and the North American Dogmen Project. He is also the founder of Cryptid Seekers Magazine. And uh, Jody, um, before we went to the commercial break, you were telling us about some of the animals that had been found. And you were telling us how the, how the fur had been separated from the skin going from the back to the front. Um, were these uh remains sent to a veterinarian pathology center to get an opinion as to what the cause of death was we took pictures of like you said when we're on a film we find we took pictures of everything right okay and we actually you know contacted the police okay right. uh, that was the first thing we did to get their response they said oh it, it's it's poaching mm-hmm. you know and no you know um i i've seen poached uh, you know, poached animals before. Uh, one of the guys on the team, he's an avid hunter, okay, and he's seen poaching mm-hmm. and stuff. And there's a particular, you know, when, when someone poaches a deer, they get in there quick and they get out. Right. There's one particular thing that they're getting, and you can normally tell. And this this isn't. Um, I took it to, we did take it to a veterinarian and had a veterinarian look at it. And from the pictures, you know, they really couldn't tell what could have done it. Only thing they can say it was it, it's unusual the way, you know, the hides being torn from the back all the way up to cover where it's covering the head of the animal, um, and and that's it. But they can't determine, you know, from a picture what did it. You know, they you can see where it was eaten on, right? And all they can say, you know, predators could have been coyotes. You know, it could it could have been you know um, cougars. You know, we have, you know, we got cougar in Ohio, you know, we got coyotes, we got koi dogs. Right. It could have been, it could have been that, which it very well could have been, you know, but well, what we're going by is, you know, we're getting, we're finding evidence of something taking place 
there's a legend in the area. We have witnesses that have seen it. We're finding tracks, you know, very large tracks. Like one particular, um, we have a picture on our, our site of, of one of the uh, tracks that we got out of Germantown. And we made a cast of it, and we have it next to a 250-pound black bear cast. And this thing dwarfs a 250-pound black bear cast mm-hmm. footprint. And this is one that came out of Germantown. Four toes. It, it looked like a bear. It, it, honest to God, it looks like a bear. And I even showed my game warden, you know, that lives in, you know, my area here. Um, and I talk to him all the time trying to get information. But, he, you know, he laughs about it. He won't tell nobody. But, you know, he said, you know, it, it looks like a bear. But one thing he did say that if that was if that was a bear, you're looking at a six to seven hundred pound bear. You're looking at something the size of a grizzly bear. The largest black bear that came out of Ohio was just under three hundred pounds. Okay, it was the let, largest one they got on record. All right, so okay. let, let me just give you this example. You and other researchers say that there is a Bigfoot. Nobody mm-hmm. has seen Bigfoot. Or, or, you know, many people have never seen a Bigfoot. There are those who claim right. to have had the experience. So what is it possible that there is another animal out there that, um, you know, could be responsible for this, that it has nothing to do with a dog man? You mean like a domestic animal? Uh, a domestic animal or an animal like Bigfoot that has not been discovered as of yet. Oh, any, yeah, anything's possible, uh, you know, and, and I'm very open-minded to mm-hmm. that. You know, um, we live in a very, very strange world where, you know, we're finding new species every day. Yeah. You know, so, you know, could could Bigfoot do something? Bigfoot could do this. I mean, you know, we've got tons of Bigfoot sightings in Ohio. You know, it could be another type of predator mm-hmm. that's out there that no one knows about, no one was able to see. You know, uh, it, it, any anything's possible. Anything is possible. You know, for all we know, that dog man, I mean, he, he could be a gen- gentle as, you know, a domestic dog, and he's getting a bad rap because there's another predator out there doing it, you know, that's similar looking to he, you know, to what he is, you know. So, I mean, we just don't know. Has there been any communication made with a dog man? Communication as far as talking or communication, talking, uh, talking uh, verbally, hand signals, uh, telepathically, any any Uh, kind of way. There's a couple stories that we've got where people have claimed that they were talking to them Mm -hmm. uh, through their mind. Um, We actually had one where um, this young woman said it was speaking like broken English mm-hmm. to them. You know, the, the thing about dog man, which was just really interesting is, you know, uh, not only, you know, is, is community really excited and, and really into this MUFON is very much into the dog man phenomenon. They actually think that it could be some type of alien species. Mm-hmm. Well, MUFON you know, also believes that, um, Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 was abducted by by a UFO, and that's why it's never been found. So when it comes to credibility, MUFON and uh, the majority of well, people. Well, CNN even said it. So, well, hey, CNN, <laughs> there, there you go. Got to be legitimate. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> uh huh. If CNN said it, it's got to be legitimate. 
Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and I understand that, you know, um, you know, you know, er, conspiracy theories, you know, they, 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 they fly big on, on everything, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, I, I talked, I talked to prior military people who have told me, you know, that they know for a fact that there is an alien species out there that is canine. And they, and we have been in contact with them. Um, now, are we talking I, I, alien from another country, not indigenous to the United States? Or are we talking from outer space? From outer space, from another dimension, another uh-huh. galaxy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I talked with a guy who's uh, former special operations, and he told me this story that mm-hmm. um, he, you know, they, they, had, they had a group of them. And they were so dangerous that they would not even keep them in the United States. They kept them in a facility in South America. Wow. And they, they were able to get out of this facility. They killed the people in the facility. They had to go and respond to clean it up. Mm-hmm. And he said these things, they, they were, you know, they were wolves, but they had like human bodies, but they wore like a type of, uh, like an armor. Um, but he said they were, extremely intelligent but they had no common sense they 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 weren't problem solvers when it came to things but they were able to to kill them you know and clean the area up now and that was one story another story was from a afghanistan vet that was um in kandahar valley and they were on patrol and they were looking for the insurgents and they broke off into two-man teams and he said they came upon, you know, two of them that killed three insurgents. And they saw them actually kill one of them because one of the insurgents or two of the insurgents were already dead. But the one wasn't. But and what made these cases very similar, the first I, I, when I told the first story plenty of times, mm-hmm. I never told about the story where the guy told me that they had a sword that they had, you know, like attached to their back. And the sword was what they call like a pharaoh sword, which is kind of like a sickle, which is very uh, what they use like um, in Egypt. Okay. And the soldier in Afghanistan said that they had that weapon and that's what they used to kill this one insurgent. But they also had like some type of rifle with them. And he saw them, they saw him do it. And, you know, I mean, is the story legitimate? I don't know. I mean, these, these two military people, they tell you the story. You know, you, you, you hope, you know, that your brothers are, are telling you the truth, you know. But and there's, you, you and there's it what it is. And there's no pictures to to collaborate these claims. No, no. There, there's, there's no evidence. There, yeah. There's no circumstantial evidence other than word of mouth that these particular cases happen. Okay, uh, quickly. I, we're... I've not even posted those mm-hmm. on our Facebook, our, our, our website, because right. they're just so far out there. Okay, I've got about, I've got about uh, 30 seconds, and I'd just like you to respond to this. Um, uh, upright dogs that were seen on the skin, uh, Skinwalker Ranch wearing trench coats and smoking cigarettes? You know what? I, I, I think the Skinwalker Ranch is a bunch of malarkey. And I don't even fool with it. I don't think there's anything there. I think it, you know, it's just a rich guy, Bigelow. You know, he's pouring money into that place, mm-hmm. and they're getting not, you know, as far as I know, they're getting nothing out of it. 
know, they're not letting anybody go on there and look. You know, uh, MUFON Star Team's the only people allowed on that property other than Bigelow's, you know, um, quick response team that he has. And, and that's it. Unreal. You know, so I, I, I don't I don't worry about it. I think it's a bunch of bull. Hey, Jody, great talking to you. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. And Exo Nation, if you'd like more information about the um, North American Dogman Project, visit www. Let's try that again. Thanks, Craig. www.northamericandogmanproject.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'll be back. Don't go away.